And we are back after uh, a few weeks off, with the exception of a couple of bonus episodes for you guys to enjoy. Dropping the Hammer uh, with Daniel McFadden is back, and we have uh, quite a bit to talk about. Um, it is, we're recording this on June, Thursday, June 24th, 2021, uh, and I am four days removed from covering the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway in just outside of nashville tennessee so we get to talk about that race and uh before we get to that uh as always with me is my friend uh james crow crow what's up hello everyone so uh so how does how does the audience feel about kyle larson (laughs) (laughs) times times five times six like we're we're, we're at technically we're right now we're at four consecutive Kyle Larson victories three that count for something one of them was just for money and glory um but yeah we we are this is Kyle Larson's world and we're just living in it right now and he's still what 10 points behind Hamlin I I I haven't even looked at the point standing since Sunday so I I have no idea I I do know that like Hamlin finished 22nd at Nashville he did Um, wow okay yeah he so he had to pit at the last second Okay. on the last lap and somehow still managed to stay in 22nd i gotta look at the points but no yeah um it like the the, the points lead the mind-boggling points lead that Demi, denny hanlon was able to get out to in without the, a win the first, without a win in the first quarter of the season was just incredible and now yes it's uh it's 10 points it is 10 points yeah kyle larson is catching up and it it I'm I'm a fan of the current points format. Um, I'm 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 a proponent of it, um, but it is weird that you can make it to race 17 in the season, not have a win, and um, still be clinging to a points lead. Um, yeah, especially when second place is someone who has won three points races in a row, <laughs> and he's won all of the stages. Like it, it's. <laughs> He he did the Kyle Larson. He he won the he did not win the first stage Sunday in Nashville. Yeah, because he, ca- he got that was the, in those uh like the pits pit cycle and stuff. I think. Yeah, I, I guess, but like that was the first stage he hadn't won. But since he, he er, led, early May, early May. But he led like two hundred and sixty something laps. I think two hundred sixty four. Um, I'd have to look. Um, but no, yeah. Imagine if we were in a world where um just simply leading a point or leading the most uh did i say leading leading a lap and or leading the most laps in a race still got you points and think about where, where we might be with kyle larson right now but yeah kyle larson is on a roll he's winning in everything pretty much and um and on dirt on pavement it's his world we're just living in it um but yeah we, we've been gone for a few weeks we uh, what was the last race that we actually covered on here? Was it the Co- it was the Coke Six Hundred, right? I yeah, I believe so. 
So because it, it was the, it was the race before Larson started winning everything, I think, or maybe after the first one. No, well, he won the Coke Six Hundred. We talked yeah. about it. We talked about how yeah, it, so, was so it, was, it was a race. It was a race. Yeah. So so we yeah we, we we were up there for the first one, and then we took some time off. We took we took Sonoma off uh, the All Star race, and then um, the race was All Star race last week. Nat 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 Nashville came after the All Star race. Yeah. So, um, so so we took those Sonoma and the All Star race off. So uh, yeah, I gotta look up. I, I have to look up the racing reference page for the race that I, I covered, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so Kyle Larson didn't didn't win the first stage. Originally, it was Chase Elliott, um, and then he he. <laughs> it, it it's amazing amazing you know when you still have you still experience firsts in 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 a sport. And congratulations, Chase Elliott, you are the first driver to be disqualified for all five lug nuts not being on your car or <laughs> on a wheel like <laughs> we, we we've been doing this this lug nut penalty thing for a few years now um and so a trivia question at a nascar themed uh trivia night at a bar somewhere in north carolina a few years from now will be who was the driver who had a who was the first driver to have a race disqualification because they had all five lug nuts unsecured the answer is chase elliott and so the actual first stage winner sunday was kurt bush what's funny is they during the race they actually mistakenly on like the announcers mistakenly said that uh that um was it kyle bush won the first stage and then corrected themselves to uh chase elliott so they were wrong but corrected themselves to the uh wrong answer sorry i, I was looking at my <laughs> i was texting someone Re repeat yourself oh okay so during the race broadcast, the announcers initially said that Kurt Busch won the first stage. Oh, really? And okay. Them, and then corrected themselves <laughs> to Chase Elliott. So they, uh, you know, they were right and wrong both times. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a weird thing when um, you're in the media center to race. They have, at Nashville, this is my you know first time there. You know, they, this place hasn't hosted a race in a decade. Um there's, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven TVs in there. All of them but one have the actual, no, no, wait. Uh, all but two have the NBC uh, broadcast going. And then there's another TV that has like the raw video feed that's, you know, like 20 seconds ahead of the actual NBC feed. Um, that's, and that's like the video that if you're watching at the track on like a video board that's playing. And then there's like uh, another TV that has the time and the scoring on it. So um, all that going on, you're never really actually getting to pay attention to the race broadcast <laughs> because I'm focusing on the one TV that's ahead of the other four. Um, so so I typically don't catch stuff like that. So I'm glad you caught that. That's that's hilarious. They, NBC was right ahead of time. <laughs> so, but yeah. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Larson had himself another day, uh, led 264 laps out of 300, um, scored six uh, playoff points. Um, he beat Ross Chastain, who I wrote about after the race. You can find my story on Ross Chastain's, so far, his, the best career finish that he's had in the Cup Series, um, thanks to pit strategy, uh, fresher tires, and the rest of the, the leader's trying to save fuel because there was the, that brief window where like, Oh no, Kyle Larson, he, 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 he's short on fuel, but that 
quickly went away. Um, and then, yeah, Larson won by how many seconds? 4.335 seconds. Uh, but yes, Larson, Chastain, William Byron, Eric Almirola, and Kevin Harvick, followed by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in sixth, Daniel Suarez in seventh, Kurt Busch in eighth, Christopher Bell in ninth, and Joey Logano in tenth. Uh, yes, Stuart House Racing with Harvick and Eric Almirola uh, getting two top five finishes in one race for the first time this year. It's been a very, very bad year for Stuart House Racing. So they'll, they'll take any uh, good news that they can right now. Um, so, Crow, uh, before we get into the discussion about what it was like to uh, co- cover this race, my first time at a track in over 19 months, what, what were your general takeaways from the inaugural NASCAR Cup Series race at Nashville Super Speedway? Yeah, I mean, I'll say the race was okay, okay. Um, from my perspective. I mean, you know, not the greatest, um, but definitely not the worst. Um, I was really happy that uh, Ross Chastain did so well. Mm. Um, and he, he ran pretty well all day um, and then was able to capitalize on, capitalize on it on the end. Um, I've, I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting, like, fuel to be a big part of the determining factor of the race but you know it helped chastain it dropped hamlin back like five or six spots uh actually maybe more than that because he may have been like right at the tail end of the top 10 like either like ninth 10th 11th or 12th um but anyway he dropped but he dropped back to 22nd which you know changed up the points race a little bit um yeah, I, I definitely would be happy to watch Nashville again. Well, one one thing that at the, uh, apparently this race had a lot of cautions. Um, 11 cautions for 60 laps. Two, two of those are obviously the stage uh, breaks. but you, So you have nine cautions, which yeah. in this day and age at an intermediate track is a lot. Um, but it is, they're pretty much for all, almost all for the same thing. Uh brake rotors going kaplooey uh causing cut tires and all that um a bunch of teams just completely um misfired when it came to brakes at this track because they didn't they they didn't anticipate um how how much this track it's one basically 1.3 miles which is about the same distance as darlington but with its tight corners it really acts like a short track um, and they, a lot of them misjudged that. Um, and we saw that throughout the race, um, which led to a b- bunch of cautions, except for the last, you know, 68 laps, which went caution free, which played into the fuel mileage. Yeah. I remember um, Blaney did, I believe he wrecked because he, uh, his brakes failed on him. So, and that yeah. was, I think maybe he was, was he the first one to go out with brake um, problems? I don't think he was the first. Um, or, or first. I guess person that I remember at least, but okay, yeah, it was, yeah, um, yeah, he his caution was on lap fifty five, fifty six, so yeah, he was the first, um, but then it then it kept happening, um, you had the incident with uh, Chris Busher and Justin Haley after that, uh, then um, Bubba Wallace had had two accidents, um, and then you had uh, Chris thirty seven. Of Ryan Priest and the number fourteen of Chase Briscoe was the final caution. Um, so 
it, it, it was very, very weird seeing that, that many kind of mechanical failures leading to cautions. You just really don't see that anymore. But this is this, the series hasn't been to this track before. Um, NASCAR itself hasn't been to the track in, in 10 years. So, um, it, yeah, we, so you have this outbreak of cautions and then you have nothing in the final 68 laps. Um, but because of like two quick successive cautions, Ross Chastain is, is directed to pit on the final caution when he's running in third after he had stayed out the previous caution and restarted first. Um, and only him and Stenhouse pitted the last time. And so they had 10 lap fresher tires and um, then everyone else. And so you're on fresher tires and everyone else is trying to save fuel. And he's able to charge up there. And I believe with like six, seven laps to go, Chastain gets second place and gets the best finish of his Cup Series career so far. Yeah, um, and I honestly think that if you if if Larson crashes at some point, he probably is the winner too, because like he was running well, like even without that, like he was he was having a great day, and I think he was he was he was in, had the right car. Oh yeah, it hadn't been for Larson. Oh yeah, no, no, Chastain, like he he had a top ten car in practice, and then he yeah. um had a really bad qualifying run. Him and a multiple drive, him and his teammate Kurt Busch, uh, Martin Truex Jr. They like just completely overshot i believe like turn one um on their qualifying runs and screwed them up so chastain actually uh, started the race 19th um but no he had a fast car um so uh but yeah you can read my story about chastain's run at frontstretch.com um so but yeah uh it was really interesting seeing uh watching the race and seeing the cars really kind of creeping through the turns uh compared to other intermediate tracks because it, it it's it's because of just how narrow it, narrow it is and so they're staying on the brakes longer which led to the brake problems it it was just fascinating because i've it's been 10 years since nashville nascar was at nashville and i don't remember really watching those races and i wasn't about to go back and watch devote my time to watching bush series races from 10 years ago as homework so <laughs> um but but yeah, Kyle Larson is your three consecutive points race winner, um, all-star race winner. So he's on a roll. You, you texted me uh, Sunday night and said that, um, that, that Larson is having a Jeff Gordon in the 90s moment. And I, 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 I had to think about it. Like, it, in some ways, sure. Um, but there, there, there's been other drivers since then <coughs> that have won like four consecutive races. Like Jimmy Johnson's yeah. done it. Um, so, but it's, he, he has the best car, like period. We've talked about this. Um, if he's getting in his car on the weekend, he, he definitely has the best car. So, um, and that's, that's, it's just just a fact. Kyle Larson is on fire right now. The reason why I referenced nineties, Jeff Gordon is because it's so he, it's not just that he's won four races in a row. It's that he's done so while being just insanely dominant in those races. And I I know other drivers have done that, but for my point of reference, that's what it reminds me of. Oh yeah. I mean, like none of these wins have been Kyle Larson stole the win. Um, It's been Kyle Larson had this from the the drop of the green flag pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think the most impressive was Sonoma. Um, 
well, well, he's had great qualifying runs at Sonoma. I think he has two poles at Sonoma. Um, he, he was never able to really put together anything resembling a, a full race on a road course up until this year. And um, there was no stopping him. There, yeah. the, that the, Really, the most impressive thing about this streak for him is the variety of tracks that he's doing it in and then the different packages. Um, yeah. So, yep, the dominant run at the Coke 600, which is the 550 package. Sonoma is the short track package. Then you do throw in Charlotte again, with which is a, a, which was even even different package than the one you have at Charlotte with even fewer horsepower. And then you throw in Nashville, which is again the short short track package. So it's yeah. very impressive. I think, and I think what's facilitating this is that he and his team are just in sync, like they like absolutely because one thing I've noticed is. Um, all these races that he's dominated, he stops making changes on his pit stops, and he okay. just says it's good like it is. Let's go. Um, and I he, that's not something that I really remember much of, bef- like before he was at Hendrick. Um, and a lot of his wrecks would come from pushing the car just a little bit too far to make up for some kind of shortcoming coming with the setup. And so I think that, you know, he's in good equipment overall, which yeah. is, which helps, obviously. But I really think that maybe it's access to Hendrick's R&D. Maybe it's, maybe it's just him and his crew chief understanding how to communicate better. But they, he just really seems to be in sync with his team, and he's dominating because of it. Well, I mean, to, to compare, you know, no, Hendrick Motorsports is the top NASCAR team. Yeah. Um, it's not Ganassi. Uh, Ganassi get gets help from Hendrick. They have you have a tech alliance, but it's not Hendrick. Um, well, I would love to just take you out to Concord, yeah. Pro, and take you to the Hendrick campus, and then show you the building that Ganassi works out of. Um, <laughs> it, it's a stark, just different worlds. Um, um, so, but um, yeah, Hen- 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 Hendrick is the best team, and right now. The number five team is is the best team, um, which is really which makes Jimmy Johnson's final season really really stand out because this is the forty eight team from last year. Yeah. It, it's Cliff Daniels who who was the crew chief on the forty eight car. This is Jimmy Johnson's team from last year, and Jimmy Johnson failed to make the playoffs. Um, and now we're talking about okay, could Kyle Larson potentially get double digit wins? Um, so it's it's very interesting to 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 experience uh in, in up close and personal right now. Um, but looking, it'll be interesting once we get to November and we can look on. Okay, well, was Kyle Larson's run in the early summer of the season was it the norm? Was it a blip, a phenomenon, or but we'll find out. Um, and I think okay, I need, I need to look up. So we're we're going to Pocono Raceway this weekend. Um. Reference Kyle Larson, Pocono. I know he has the poll because people are mad. <laughs> really, like really, they're doing the formula. Yeah, he he won the race. So if you if you win if you if you're if you win a race and the the, the starting lineup the next weekend is determined by the formula, you're you're more than likely starting on the front row. Yeah. Um. So. Kyle Larson at Pocono. Pocono, he has 12 starts. 
Um, he has three top fives, uh, including a second place finish in 2018. His last start there, uh, he finished fifth. Um, he has led a total of 101 laps with a high of 37 in 2016. Um, he, he has a pole there. He got the pole there in 2014, uh, but he didn't even lead a lap in the race in which he had a pole. Um, so this will be his second career poll. Um, so yeah. All right. So Nashville is, was my first race that I've covered in person in NASCAR since, uh, the end of September, 2019, when I covered, uh, with, for NBC sports, the Roval Charlotte Roval Roval weekend. Um, in the time since we have had a national pandemic, (laughs) The worst pandemic in a hundred years, which just completely shut down the sport and completely changed the way uh, the media of the media core for NASCAR covered races. I, it, this is the weirdest part. <laughs> like I show, I show up, you know, Saturday morning, um, and it, it's it's like none of that happened. Um, like you know, I, I in the last year or so, I you know I covered stuff, you know, from home because I couldn't go to the track, so I experienced that weird thing. Where you're 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 interviewing drivers post race via Zoom and all that, yeah. um, but I, I never experienced any of the temperature check stuff that you had to do to get into the into the track, filling out forms on your phone and sending them in. I, I never experienced any of that. Other other people did, and mo- most people who did do that did that in order to just simply cover the race from the press box, like they couldn't go into the infield or anything. Um, which I just find weird. Why would you go through all the effort just to cover a race from the press box um, when you, you'll have more info at home? So, but I, I, I never experienced any, any of that. So for me, rolling up Saturday to Nashville Super Speedway, a track I have never been to, um, uh, in, ever, never laid, eye, laid eyes on it before Friday afternoon when I went to get my credential. Um, rolling up and it's like any other race weekend there's no restrictions nothing's going nothing would make you think that we're in the waning stages of a pandemic it's like i pressed pause in september of 2019 and just unpaused to last weekend it was so weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah did the their protocols loosen up like was it on this race that they loosened up for, for, I mean, no, it was the second, basically the second weekend. Um, okay. Basically, the All Star Race was like the first one where there was just nothing. Um, yeah, the the Sonoma was the last race we're going to see where there's there was any audience participation restrictions. Yeah. Um. It, it's everything is open from here to the end in in the season. It's um, NASCAR's going whole hog. Um. Even though there's you know you know reasons to be concerned about you know variants and what yeah. whatnot and and whatever I, I, but i'm i'm vaccinated so i don't have to worry about that hopefully um, hopefully <laughs> hopefully but no it so this was like I, I i told multiple people like over the weekend like it's very the very odd that i was visiting covering a race at nashville before a bunch of other tracks um, like I've, I've never been to Richmond. I've never covered a race at Daytona. I've, I've been to Daytona, but I haven't covered a race at Daytona. Same thing with like Talladega. Never covered a race at Talladega. Never covered a race at Atlanta. 
Um, but I, I, I was covering a race at Nashville, which hadn't hosted a NASCAR event since 2011 in, in, in a market, Nashville, which hadn't hosted a cup race since 1984. Um, but thankfully, Front Stretch uh, provided a means for me to do that. Um, it, it was just a very surreal weekend where it, it's a very simple track. It's a very, it's not, the facilities are not like um, ones you would find at like Charlotte. There, there's only one standing garage area there. And that's where the cup series was located. Um, and on the other side of the media center was where the Xfinity garage area was, but all the cars were being worked on out in the open. Um, no, no garage or anything. So I'm not sure what it was like on Friday for the truck series. So I, I can't speak to that. But one thing that was great about it is like you could just walk out the door of the media center and you're in the garage area on either side. Um, which with most other tracks, you're it's kind of a walk to get to the garage area. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of effort. Um, but no, it was v- very nice. But <coughs> <coughs> on on the the downside of being a very simple basic track. You no know, one where there hadn't been any infrastructure upgrades in the last 10 years. There's only one tunnel, um, one tunnel going out through three and four. Um, so both nights I'm there, I have to walk from the media center, in the, which is in the middle of the infield, the length of half the track, go through a tunnel underneath the track, get about halfway through through turn three before I basically have to hitchhike. To, to the parking lot where the media has to go. Um, there, by the time I left each night, the trams were already done running. So I, there was no way I was going to get a walk to the, to the parking lot. Um, so it was, it was a tiring weekend. It was a fun weekend. Um, one that, you know, when, like I said, when I, when I covered that race at the, the, the race weekend at the Roval on September 29th, September 2019. I, I was pretty burnt out on my job at the time covering the sport. Like I was like at that time, like if I ne- never professionally cover an NASCAR race weekend, I'd be I'd be okay um, be, because there, there there was just little reward for me at that point. Like nothing was changing for me. Um, it was I was very burnt out. But when you throw in a pandemic, um, you lose your job at the at like three, four quarters of the way through that pandemic. Um, and you don't know if you're going to ever get to do it. You suddenly like, Oh wait, wait, no, I want to do that. I want, <laughs> I want to like give, give, give that back, please. Um, so this, I just so wholeheartedly loved being there again, talking to people, walking to the garage, smelling the smells, seeing the cars, um, what walking on pit road before the race, um it was it was it was great and i i think then potentially the next time i'm going to get to do that will be um in august at at indianapolis motor speedway on the road course that'll be most likely be the next time i'm at a race um and i haven't been back to indianapolis uh since i graduated from grad school in 2014 that's where i got my at indiana i got my sports journalism master's degree um, so I, I've, I've missed Indianapolis a lot. So I really hope I actually do get to do that. Will you be there as a, as press? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd be. Yeah. Press. 
Well, if you can talk them into getting you an extra pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're 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 only a state and a half away. Hey, I get emails from I get all kinds of emails from Quinn Hoof's people. <laughs> like, I think that makes me media now. Is that is that the like the one thing you get is Quinn Hoff? Yeah, he's the he's the only one that I get emails from the press releases and stuff. I, I, I find that fascinating. I don't know how you could have. I know, yeah, we did get like an invitation to like interview him about all things Daytona, and we're like, like what? <laughs> Nothing happened. So. Well, they I think they pulled my email from the podcast feed, and okay. so I don't I don't know how they found that because that was when we first started. Because it was like yeah. one or two weeks after we started the podcast, but I started getting uh, press releases from them, and that it's it's usually like here's our new car design for the upcoming yeah. race, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's really not that annoying. It's just funny. It's like the only pe- – I'm getting like a legitimate spam from this team because we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, um, all right. Uh, what time is it, Crow? What's the time for? Let me press this button right here. <laughs> Yeah, it is McDowell Watch. Um, after a few weeks off, let's get a quick update on what our intrepid Daytona 500 um, winner has been up to. Uh, he finished 20th uh, in, in the Coke 600. He finished 28th at Sonoma Raceway, which he was on the verge of a top 10 finish at Sonoma Raceway until uh, a vengeful Daniel Suarez <laughs> um took it upon himself to um t- t- take mr mcdowell out in the final or not the final oh yeah turn 11 at sonoma uh completely ruining his day uh and yeah he finished uh 28th um i don't know where he wound up in the all-star race but uh he he finished 16th in his first start at nashville super speedway and here's where what uh here's the recap provided by front row front row motorsports on their website uh mcdowell started the race from the 21st position and the hot sun made the track slick mcdowell said the car was loose but he maintained his track position as the green flag pit stops began late in the stage mcdowell ran long and the caution came out putting the team inside the top 10 lowe's travel stops for missing finish stage one in the 22nd position I don't so it doesn't explain how he went from the top ten to twenty second. Um during stage yeah, two. I think it happened during pit stops. Um okay. okay. Uh during stage two, McDowell struggled to get inside the top twenty. He never lost a lap, but the team worked on the handling to give McDowell more speed. The car tightened up late in the race, and McDowell ended the stage in twenty second. Oh well, very consistent, Michael. Um the team had their best car in long runs in the race. Finally went green after lap two hundred thirty two for the final caution. McDowell brought his best and just missed the top 15 finish. Uh, it was a great day for the NASCAR Cup Series to come back to Nashville, McDowell said in, in the press release. It was a great crowd and a lot of fun. For us, we had to, had to fight hard. The track was slick and it was hard to get track position, but we stayed on the lead lap all afternoon. They capitalized the lead lap for some reason, um, and it seemed like we just kept moving up. The end of the race, that long run, the car had really good speed and we had, had the fuel mileage. That was our biggest jump at the right time. So, yes. Yeah, I think that I think they may have sacrificed track position to get that 
lead lap, like lap point. Um, but and that's how he ended up back. But yeah, he, he had a very <coughs> meh day. Well, that was his third top twenty in the last six starts for McDowell, and uh, he's currently sixteenth in the points. He he has not moved from sixteenth for the last five points races. Um, and we're going to Pocono Raceway this weekend. Uh, Mr. McDowell has seventeen starts on the Tricky Triangle and only one top ten finish. Uh, that came in the first race of the doubleheader uh, last year. He has seven DNFs there, uh, including six in a row at one point uh, early on in his tenure at the track. Starting grid for Saturday's race at the first of two, since we have a doubleheader this weekend, Kyle Larson is on the pole. William, William Byron is second. Uh, Ross Chastain, after his runner-up finish, will start sixth. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. starts seventh. Um, and Mr. McDowell will start 17th at Pocono Raceway. Uh, so do you, do you, do you have any prior experiences, knowledge, anticipation for Pocono Raceway, Crow? Um, I mean, I, yeah, I mentioned before that on NASCAR games, my go-to is always Sonoma, but yeah, you know, I, I definitely Pocono is in the top, you know, three or four tracks that I like to play. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a weird, weird track. Um, it is. Cause it's like, if you just lopped off a corner of, uh, uh, Indianapolis. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's a interesting track and I, I feel like the races there, you know, can kind of go either way. So. It, usually it's the, the, the boring way in my yeah. experience. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I remember back watching him back, you know, nineties, early two thousands. It was enjoyable, but I definitely remember since then the few races that I've seen being pretty snoo- pretty snooze worthy. The, the the best rate. Well, the the races there last year as part of the double header was interesting. Simply, you know, simply because it was double header, which um, it was originally supposed to be the only double header last year, and then the pandemic happened, and we had a bunch of double headers. Um, but then, you know, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick kind of like fight dueling each other across both races and then swapping the wins. Um, uh, it, yes, it is a weird track with a front stretch that could be a runway for an airport. Um, I don't know if you, you know this, but where, where did I have that? I had a web page. Okay. Yeah. The, it's three, three turns. Uh, each turn is specifically designed or based on a turn at another racetrack. Uh, turn one, which has 14 degree banking, was uh, inspired by the now defunct Trentway Speedway. Uh, I believe that was in New Jersey. Uh, turn two, which is has the, the nickname the Tunnel Turn, is based on the 90 degree banking turns at nine, not 90, just nine degree banking turns at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And turn three, uh, which has six degree banking is based off uh, the Milwaukee mile in Wisconsin. Um, it's a track where they've in the last few years, like other tracks, they've applied to PJ one and the turns in order to hopefully foster more side-by-side racing. Um, it's debatable whether that has completely worked. Um, I think I've, I think I've said it here. Um, the best tracks that the PJ one has worked at um, is Bristol and New Hampshire. So, um, but 
Pocono Raceway, I, I'm glad. If anything, I'm glad it it did deserve two separate race dates. Um, if so if you're gonna do, go visit that tra- track twice. Make it the same weekend. Um, uh, so yeah, Pocono Raceway, not the best. Um, and thank <laughs> goodness it's only 400 miles compared to 500, which it was up until the mid 2000s. I want to say, um, the yeah two two tracks that cut down their mileages way too late Pocono and Dover um and I think it improved the racing at both yeah I, I definitely like I, I found I definitely like the shorter races more than the Coca-Cola 600s <laughs> well the Coke 6 it could be a good race if you had a different package um also when they repaved the track they repaved it way too good that the pavement hasn't aged hardly at all in the time since um but hopefully with the car the next gen car next year um we don't have to worry as much about having to put pj1 on tracks that really don't i guess need it yeah um but we'll see next year (laughs) all right so who's your your pick mr crow for I guess race one. We'll go race one for Saturday. Um, I guess I'm going to have to go with, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. He's starting up front. He's been okay. <laughs> I I just feel like the hot streak is, is still hot. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm going to go. Um, he, he finished in the top five last on Sunday. He won here last year. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick to get his first win of the year and uh to to write write the ship a little bit at um steward house racing they need it so um all right i think that's gonna do it for this week's edition of dropping the hammer with daniel mcfadden uh next week we're gonna have a special guest on the show um someone that crow is a fan of uh darian gilliam otherwise known as um black flags matter on youtube i got to meet him for the first time Sunday at National Super Speedway. We got to chat a little bit. It's like, hey, you want to come to the podcast? All right, sure. Um, and so he, he will be our guest next week. Um, I'm glad you got a, you got to put a face to the links I sent you. Sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to t- having an in-depth conversation with one of the more popular NASCAR YouTubers because I, I do not... Re- like, I'm on YouTube. I have my own YouTube. YouTube channel. I do, I do YouTube videos, uh, but not as often as he and many others do. I don't go down rabbit holes with NASCAR YouTube. I just don't. I don't. I don't have the time or the patience to sit to watch a twenty minute video or twenty minute this video essay. I just I'll, I'll watch a twenty minute interview, but I I I, can't, I don't have the patience for um, essays. But so it will be interesting to get the perspective of someone who puts those essays together. Um, and why why he got into this, and what what he wants to get out of it. Yeah, um, he, he you know his videos are very good. Um, his videos and um, Implemen, who's he's not a NASCAR YouTuber. He does he just does the general video essays about different things. But he did a Implemen did a, a video about uh, Dale Earnhardt Senior. That's really really good. Um, so those two things are kind of what got me back interested in nascar so okay. looking forward to get talked to 
Darian. <laughs> I didn't want to get it. I didn't want to get it wrong, and I just completely forgot. <laughs> okay. Well, you you can uh, follow us. Follow me at Daniel McFadden on Twitter. Follow Crow at DTH Crow um, on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube at youtubecom slash McFadden. Um, follow us on Patreon. Uh, patreoncom slash McFadden. You can jump in on that lowest level. Chip in three dollars a month. Um, again, I'm I'm an unemployed freelance writer, so anything I can get helps. So um, and please read, read, check out my links at uh, friendstretch.com. Uh, you can read my story on Ross Chastain. You could I wrote a story that published yesterday on uh, what the hopes of Ally Financial, who sponsors Alex Bowman and Hendrick Motorsports, what their why Pride Month means means a lot to them and what they're hoping to get out of NASCAR's terms as of in terms of diversity and inclusion and you can also read my uh, column that I wrote that came out Tuesday on Kyle Busch finally finally reaching 100 career Xfinity series wins <laughs> uh so those are just a little bit of what you could read that I produced from the last week from my time at Nashville Super Speedway anyway I'm Dale McFadden, and say say, uh, say bye, Crow. Goodbye, everyone. And also the dog barking that I'm sure you can hear is Tesla, and she's in a mood today. All right. That, Tesla, the, the, the pod dog. Um, all right. <laughs> well, so that, that... well, Finn's the one sitting in the couch on the chair behind me. But he, he's, he's the silent, you know, mascot. Tesla just is desperate to get on, on air. all right that's that's been this week's episode of dropping the hammer of daniel mcfadden i'm daniel daniel mcfadden see you guys next week